in a world saturated with podcasts, Two Brothers, One Bible stands out as an intriguing addition to the audio landscape. Ooh, oh, that was good. What yeah, do you think yeah, about that? That's good. I don't have any idea what that means. No, no. Welcome to Two Brothers, One Bible Podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. Welcome to another edition, another episode, another one of those things that we call a podcast. This is Two Brothers, One Bible Podcast. I'm Robert Wakefield. I'm Peter Searson. And Peter, it is great to see you once again. Thanks for making the appearance as you always do. I try to. Yeah, I, I want to do it live. You do want to do it live. You yeah. want to be a live participant in this podcast. I do. Yeah, that's that's my goal. <laughs> I thought we kind of cool. We haven't introduced ourselves in a while. Okay. And so some people may not know who we are, so just uh, let them know who you are. Who I am. Who are you? Uh, my name is Peter Searson. I think I started with that. Uh, pastor of New Song Baptist Church in Columbia, Tennessee. Uh, married to my wonderful wife, Cheryl. We've been married 44 years. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. we got two adult kids and a buku of grandchildren, 10 oh, of them. T- yeah. you got 10 grandkids? Yeah. I think buku and 10 <laughs> are, are synonymous. Yeah. <laughs> I never knew that. Yeah, well, you know, I I get around. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you do. Yes, you do. So that's great. So and and so, uh, I'm Robert Wakefield. Uh, I'm a retired uh, postmaster Mm -hmm. of the Mount Pleasant Post Office. I'm a member of New Song Baptist Church and a student of the Bible. Yeah. How did you like that? I like that. Very good tie-in there. Yeah, tie-in there. Uh, I have two daughters. I have a lovely wife and uh, two lovely daughters. I might say lovely as as well. They're lovely, too. (laughs) They're wondering. Oh, yeah. Dad! (laughs) (laughs) But uh, anyway, so we thought we would just reintroduce ourselves uh, to begin this uh, podcast, and we've got a new verse to talk about. Yeah, we've been doing this Mount Rushmore thing, and it's really exciting as people share some have four, some have two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what's what's great is they're considering what are these foundational bedrock verses these these places where you know sometimes we need comforts, encouragement, sometimes we need strength or 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 maybe perseverance. Mm-hmm. And, and so, what are these verses? And so, we've got some more people that have we shared do. their their Mount Rushmore. We do. I'm going to introduce you to Sarah. Okay. Uh, Sarah is a lovely young lady uh, who I watched grow up. Okay, um, as a child, I mean, she she moved to Tennessee as a child. We went to church that there. Uh, she was about the same age as my children. Okay, and she's got a sister named Susan, and um, so it was it was great to watch her grow up. Now she's a, a wonderful young lady. Uh, she's married. She has two boys, and and so she found out about our podcast because I sent it to her on Instagram. Oh, you made her listen to it. <laughs> in so, so many words. Okay, man. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, just, no, just letting people know is what right, I was doing. Yeah, okay. And so and she wrote back and she said, well, that sounds really good. I'll, I'll listen to that. And I said, well, since you're going to listen, yeah. why don't you send me your Mount Rushmore verses? A lot of pressure there, Robert. Well, you know, I just thought I would ask. They don't have to answer. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> and she did. Well, she answered. Okay. And she came up with the uh, the verse that we're going to talk about today, which is uh, John 11, 35. Ah, good one. It is a good one. So yeah. um, so we're going to, uh, to dis- discuss that today, John eleven thirty five. 35. Do you, uh, do you have that in front of you? I uh, do. I happen to have that right here in the NIV. Okay, go ahead and, uh, and read that. <clears throat> Let me get my voice ready for it. Okay. Uh, Jesus wept. 
Okay, thanks so much for joining us on Two Brothers, One Bible Podcast. I'm Robert Wakefield. I'm Peter Searson. <laughs> We thought we'd make it a really short video since it's a really short verse. Well, in our homage to the shortest verse in the Bible. It is the shortest. And that was one of the things that, you know, when I asked her why yeah, uh, this verse, and she, and the reason she said is she remembers as a child mm-hmm. that her grandfather taught her that this, that this was the shortest verse in the Bible. Okay. And so as she has matured, not only does is it the shortest verse, and she remembers that, but she remembers the humanity of Jesus. Ah, very good. And yeah. so, the because you know we can all remember that it's the shortest verse of the Bible, right. but we need to discuss why it even happened. We do. You know, it, it, as you look at John eleven, that's that that's that wonderful scene of of you know he was dear friends with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Mm-hmm. Mary and Martha send word, Lazarus isn't feeling good, come quickly. He delays four days, gets there, he's he's already dead. Right. And so obviously the sisters are upset at Jesus. If you were here, he wouldn't be dead. And so it's it's a really a very emotional scene. It really is. And and one of the things that I when I was reading through it again, that I did not realize that when Jesus told them, uh the disciples that we're gonna go back to Judea. Mm-hmm. The first thing that they thought about was, well, listen, you just left there. Right. And they were about to kill you there. Yeah. Why are you going to go back? Sure. And, and, and you know, he, he told them, we're going to go, go back because of this, this reason. We're going to, you know, he said that, he told them an interesting thing. He said that Lazarus is asleep. Yeah. And, and then their response, the disciples, well, that's good because he's getting rest. Right. <laughs> you know, you know that, that, that's good. We, we don't have to go back for that. Yeah. Uh, but then in verse uh, 7, uh, this is when it talks about when, um, uh, well, I'm sorry, is this verse And then he said to his disciples, yeah, it was verse 7, uh, let's go back to Judea. Uh, and that's when they, in verse 8, said, Rabbi, a short while ago, the Jews, they're trying to kill you. They're trying to stone you. And you're going to go back. And then... He talk, Jesus talks about the 12 hours in a day and what have you. Uh, and after he said this, he went to them. Uh, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, like, mm-hmm. like I just mentioned. Uh, but the verse that I was going to talk about was verse 16. Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, let us all go and die with him. Yeah. Isn't that great? Isn't that something? Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and that was a verse that just jumped out at me. That, because in this huge story about Lazarus, I forgot that they were concerned about Jesus's well-being and, you know, and their own and their own well-being. Yeah. So I I thought that was an interesting verse. Well, you know, I'm glad glad you brought up that verse about he's asleep, because I I think that's the way it is in God's perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, death is 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 not, you know, a non-defeatable enemy. Right. And so in God's terms, he was just sleeping. He was just asleep. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think that's, yeah, that, that's fantastic. And, and that's a way that, I guess that's a way that we as Christians can view death of, of a loved one in some ways. I think absolutely. It's I, hard. It is hard. Uh, because of the connection that we have. Right. But I think if we view uh, death as just being asleep, mm-hmm. it, because at the end, it's, it's all going to come, it's all going to work itself out. It, that, that's correct. You know, funerals are hard, mm-hmm. but uh, Christian funerals are a little bit easier because right. of that perspective. It is a, I don't know when I will see you again, but I have the assurance and the promise that I will. Yeah. And so to think of death as sleep 
uh, it, it kind of takes some of the sting out of it. Right. Takes it's actually a little bit of a comfort if yeah. you really really get down mm-hmm. to it. So Jesus arrives uh, in verse seventeen. Mm-hmm. Found that Lazarus has already been dead in the, in the tomb for four days. I love the two sisters. Yeah. That come up and talk to him, and that they're just distraught. Oh. Yeah. Just absolutely distraught. Lord, if you had been here, yeah. you could have saved him. Right. Now, I've got to admire that faith. Right. Because that is just great faith right there. It is, but it also shows, you know, how far that faith went because Jesus could have been anything when Lazarus was alive. Mm-hmm. But now that he's dead, all hope is gone. Right. So in, in their minds, it's too late. Right. There is nothing that they feel like Jesus could do. Right. And so he, it's kind of like, well, let, let me show you. <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> right. So uh, Martha talks to him, and then Mary uh, comes to him later. Yeah. And, and talks to him. And, um, and, and, of course, you know, it was, uh, I know Mary's, Martha said that I know I'm going to rise again mm-hmm. on that last day. And Jesus goes and says, I am the resurrection and the life. Yeah. One of the great verses Absolutely. in the, the I Am series. It is. Which I hope we do one day. That would be great. I think I'd love to. I Am series is talking yeah. about the I Ams. I think yeah. that'd be fabulous. But this is one of them. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Mm-hmm. So, And she replied, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who has come into the world. And after she said this, she went back to call her sister Mary. Uh, the teacher's here. Uh, and is asking for you. Yeah. So then Mary goes right to Jesus, and and she is just a, as distraught a, as Martha was, and uh, and she, I think it was actually Mary that actually said, "If you'd been here, my brother would not have died." Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> here we go. We're going. Th- we're going through this, and we're we're seeing this scene that the sisters are just completely outdone. Right. That their brother has died. Yeah. And so, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, it, I think it's it's you know, although it's the shortest verse, I think we got to get that context because what what is it that's making Jesus cry? Why mm-hmm. why is he weeping here? You know, right. um, and so he's he's in the midst of a of a family that he loves. It's not like these are strangers. He mm-hmm. knows these people. He's been in their home many times, and so his friend Lazarus is dead. Mm-hmm. His his friends, the, you know, the sisters are are mourning the loss, right? And so he's in the midst of an emotional situation, and he gets emotional, and he gets absolutely emotional. and And the thing is, he's God, yeah, in the flesh, right? So he knew this situation was going to happen prior to absolutely. Now, did he know he was going to weep? I'm sure he knew. I mean, I would think he would know. I don't, yeah. I don't know that. But uh, in verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping mm-hmm. and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Yeah. Um, it, it reminds me of a story in my life. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, let's, let's hear it. Okay. The, um, back in the 90s, I was the main window clerk at the Lewisburg Post Office. Okay. And... I knew just about every one of my customers. I didn't know, may not have known their last names, but I knew, knew all their first names. Sure. And got to be really good friends with many of them. And one of those people were the Sappingtons. 
Okay. Okay. Great word, right? Yeah. Great last name. I like it. Uh, her name. Her name was Muriel, and his name was. Mr. There you <laughs> go. I can't think of his first name right now. <laughs> so Mr. will have to do. So the Sappingtons, they were in the jewelry business. I, I used to be in the jewelry business before uh-huh. I got on the Postal Service. So we had that connection. Right. Well, he died. Oh. And so I went to the funeral home mm-hmm. and uh, was standing in line to talk to, to Mrs. Sappington, Mural, and was completely... Fine, I was talking to people and all this stuff. But when I got up to her yeah. and saw her face, wow. I lost it. Yeah. And she's comforting me. Oh man. You know, you know, <laughs> you know, and I and I left there thinking, Oh my goodness, I don't know these people that well. I'm not I'm not right. in their family or anything, yeah. but I was totally moved yeah. by what her emotions were right, and I think that's exactly what Jesus was going it, through. It's a great story, Robert, and I think you've you've identified what it is. It's it's the humanity of Jesus, mm-hmm. you know. And I I love a Jesus that that weeps that that when we hurt, he hurts. Right, you know, it shows his tenderness and his compassion. It shows that he cares for us. You know, it, it was he knew. Two verses later, he was going to say, Lazarus, come forth, you know, and, and it was going to happen. So mm-hmm. he knew, but it was the the setting. And knowing that, you know, that all of us as human beings are going to have to experience loss. And so he was he was identifying with us mm-hmm. what that loss feels like. Right, right. Um, you know, uh, Isaiah prophesied that he was going to be the, a man of sorrows. Yeah. And acquainted uh, with grief. And acquainted with grief. Yeah. Well, in, in Hebrews, in chapter 4, verse 15, it says that, that Jesus is familiar with all of our temptations, and, and he experienced everything we experience. Mm-hmm. And I think this reflects that he knows what loss feels like for us. Right. And so seeing um, seeing Mary and Martha as moved yeah. as they were, had an effect on him in a human way. Absolutely. And so yeah. uh, then, of course, we get to the next verse that says Jesus wept. Yep. yep. And so when 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 we see that Jesus wept, he actually shed tears. Yeah. I mean, these were tears of, of sorrow that he that he felt with his friends. Yeah. Th- yeah. That we mentioned. You know, I've talked about how the Greek bears out different things, and there's different Greek words for for crying. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got some where it's just uncontrollable sobbing, you know, just weeping. Uh, you've got the, you know, the the sniffle, snort kind of crying. You know, mm-hmm. this is this is just like a a mournful tear rolling down the cheek kind okay. of thing. Uh, remember in this, I think it was the seventies. They had that commercial of the 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 Indian and seeing all the trash oh, and yeah. that little tear just going <laughs> down the cheek. This is uh, so Jesus isn't he hasn't lost it. Uh, not like you at the funeral home, <laughs> right? <laughs> this right. is this is he's he's just you know he's caught up in the emotion of it. Mm-hmm. He wasn't emotional. He was is watching his friends being emotional, being emotional. And I just am so appreciative uh, of Jesus being both human and God that he can actually feel that. Yeah, because you know you you could have a God that in your mind doesn't feel any kind of emotions. No. Towards towards us no but this this jesus here that is our savior yeah knew every kind of emotion that we go through yeah yeah 
You know, let me share one story. Sure. It's an illustration that I heard. And this kid, he'd come home from school, get off the bus, and he was just fascinated by the the ants. There was ant colonies around his house. And he he would just sit there and and for hours before it was time for him to come in and, and have dinner, just watch these ants. Okay. And so he'd lay on his stomach and he'd watch the ants and all that. And so this one day he comes off the bus and his mom says the exterminator's coming. And he's going to spray around the house and, and, you know, take care of all these ants. He's devastated. Mm-hmm. And so he's down there just crying, weeping, telling the ants, you got to leave. You got to leave. You can't stay here. They're going to come and they're going to kill you. And his mom comes out, sees the child just emotional. And, he's, and she says, what are you doing? And she says, I'm trying to get the ants to save themselves. And she says, they're not going to listen to you. The only way they would listen to you is if you became an ant. And they would understand you and your ant language. Right. And then they could go somewhere else and be saved. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Jesus became an ant for us. He certainly did. Wow, that's a great story. Yeah. I love that. I really do love that. So Sarah shared this uh, this verse uh, yeah. that Jesus wept. Uh, it's a great verse. It's on her Mount Rushmore, and it's on her Mount Rushmore for the memory of her grandfather. Mm. But it's also on there because it shows the human side of Jesus. Yeah. Wonderful verse. Thank you, Sarah. And it shows how you know maybe a bedrock verse because it meant something as a child. Mm-hmm. It, as you mature, that that verse matures with you. That's exactly right. So that's going to wrap this episode up. We uh, went a couple of minutes over, but that's okay. Yeah. That's all right. Uh, my name is uh, Robert Wakefield. I'm Peter Searson. And you've been listening to Two Brothers, One Bible Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Tell all your friends and family and subscribe. How'd you like that? That's good. I like that. <laughs> okay. We'll see you next time, and God bless. Thank you for listening to Two Brothers, One Bible Podcast. We want to encourage you to subscribe wherever you get your podcast and be sure and tell a friend.